Hello and welcome to the faculty interview. Covering the latest breakthroughs, research news and insight, delivered by the world's leading academic and industry figures. In this interview, Jerome Cranston, discusses how a deliberate commitment to using a research-based framework of teaching effectiveness, one that reflects the expectations of what it means to be effective in a local school context, can be combined with hiring practices, to yield better outcomes from the teacher screening and selection process. So in terms of the context, both my academic and professional background has been focused uh, on teacher recruitment, retention, supporting professional development in various contexts. So uh, it's become clear over decades with research, not just work I've done, but a lot of work that other researchers, academics have done, that when it comes to students' academic success, and we take all of the factors into account, those that are outside of the context of school being family, neighborhood experience, the most impactful factor that supports student success in school is actually the quality of the teachers. More than class size, more than access to technology, teacher effectiveness is the single factor that matters the most. And in fact, on assessments that have been done looking at reading and math tests, teachers are estimated to have two, if not three times the effect size more than any other in-school factors. So, you know, it all points to the fact that what's referred to as the teacher effect is the most impactful variable that can support student success, in particular students who come from lower socioeconomic status families. So focusing this uh, analysis, this study, on the processes of who gets hired and how they get hired becomes an important first step to support student success. And in many ways, throughout the world, teacher hiring occurs in a somewhat similar fashion, but the goal always being to try to get a effective person in the classroom to make a difference. There is no perfect predictor. Uh, that, at this point, seems to be very clear. And despite common perceptions, effective teachers and teachers who are effective in classrooms can't be easily or reliably identified based on where they went to school and graduated. In other words, you cannot correlated back to the reputation or perceived quality of their university or college. It doesn't correlate well back to whether or not they have advanced degrees or not. And in fact, it's a very weak correlation to the years of teaching experience. So what we currently have are variables that are considered but actually don't yield particularly predictive results when they're analyzed. But the reality is that the field of education and school systems and jurisdictions have largely built their screening and selection processes, assuming that those variables that either have weak correlations or in some cases no correlations actually matter. So I've, as I've worked through my own analysis, uh, I have always been drawn to the work that Malcolm Gladwell does, and in particular in 2008, he published an article in New Yorker magazine speaking to how hard it is to predict 
the success of a college football quarterback in American football as they're measured through what's referred to as the combine. And in fact, Gladwell's thesis is that all of the testing and analysis that is done outside of the real context of a professional game correlates very weakly or has no correlation at all. So I draw the parallel to the complexity of teaching, where teachers are required to react in real time to adapt to novel situations each day with class dynamics that shift and present that very similar to the quarterback prediction problem, we have a teacher effectiveness prediction problem. The reality is that of the things that can predict success, longitude and analysis of teachers in context, in situ, in classrooms is probably the best predictor of whether or not they're going to be successful. But as is the case in football and in teaching, there are a lot of new entrants who we have to try to assess to see whether or not they are capable uh, and people who we would like to hire. So the prediction problem is really predicated on the fact that we're using input variable to try to make decisions about who we put in the classroom with children. So we end up with this uh, effectiveness prediction problem that seems to be quite clear, yet there are very few pathways forward in terms of how to resolve it. We have frameworks of teaching effectiveness. There are a number of them that are in wide use. Charlotte Danielson is probably a name that is uh, recognized in terms of a research-based framework for teaching effectiveness. James Strong, another academic, has a teacher and leader effectiveness performance system and model. And Robert Marzano and Associates have something that's referred to as the causal teacher evaluation model. So there are frameworks imperfect as they are, but regarded as research and evidence base that tell us in a descriptive sense what the dimensions of effectiveness for a classroom teacher are. What doesn't exist is a backward design model that takes what we assess as teacher effectiveness and draw backwards to the idea that if that's what we're going to assess against, so people who are in the profession, who are progressing through their careers, who are measured against any of these research-based frameworks, what if we actually hired using the exact same assessment model, moved back to initial entry, and hired for what we hope we will achieve as an end goal? And essentially, it's this notion of uh, a continuum, a single framework, a single model, and my analysis doesn't present one as better than another. Those decisions have to be made locally by jurisdictions in consultation with academics or their publics. But essentially what I'm arguing is we need to use a research-based, evidence-based framework for effective teaching in order to determine at the prospect stage who are the most likely to succeed. And in general, People are not connecting them. So there is a lack of connection to the end assessment to how we hire initial entrants into the profession and how we focus and target professional development. And that's really the thesis behind 
the article that in an imperfect model, there are ways to improve the prediction if we actually would anchor the prediction in what we measure at the end. One of the things in terms of the article and the analysis, it assumes that people who work in the hiring of teachers are busy people with lots of things to do. So that's sort of understood. And most of the literature on hiring, whether it's in education or elsewhere, says we're still going to collect cover letters and CVs, resumes. We're going to do analysis of those in terms of what's referred to as screening. Based on the screening, we will select certain number who we invite to interviews. We will then ask them interview questions. We will then assess the interview questions to determine who we would hire. The thesis behind what I'm presenting is if we use the teacher effectiveness framework and assess the material, so the application, cover letter, CV, resume, whatever it is that we require against that model and didn't make it idiosyncratic to the sense of people sitting around and just reading a letter and essentially you know, grading it without there being some sense of rubric, and then use the exact same teacher effectiveness model to develop the questions that we wanted to ask of the people who had been screened in and selected using the exact same framework will actually lead to better results. So what I present is a pragmatic and theoretical presentation, which is the pragmatic side of we have limited time. Those of us who screen and select candidates, we are probably not going to make huge changes to the hiring process in terms of the material and information we collect, but how can we analyze the information that we collect to actually end up with better predictive results? That's really the thesis behind this. The major conclusion and recommendation is that what schools and school jurisdictions currently do on the assessment side of teachers in terms of notions of effectiveness ought to guide the process from the very beginning. So using whatever has been agreed upon, established as the framework for assessing teacher effectiveness ought to move back to the initial process of hiring. When we create a job advertisement, we should identify what we're looking for in candidates based on a framework for teacher effectiveness. When people then submit whatever their application materials are, we ought to assess them against the same framework for teacher effectiveness. We then should use that framework for teacher effectiveness to develop the questions that we're going to assess against. And all of that should point to the most likely to succeed being hired. And then the transition is if we build professional development programs that take the initial hires through a progression of supporting their development to become increasingly more effective, we should yield better results. Mm -hmm.